You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Father in the faith, apostle to the nations, prophet to the nations. I just want us to give a warm welcome to the man of God, Abraham Sama Edogon. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's do one more thing. Help me celebrate the person next to you. Yes, do something. <laughs> all right. Thank you. You can please be seated. We are part of the body of Christ. Isn't that so? So when you celebrated that person, you're celebrating Christ. So I'm not alone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you. Guys, you can please take your seat. Let's put our hands together for the powerful ministers uh, through music. They lead the battle. Amen. They lead the battle. And you know, when every time they say in our church and even here, if there is any pastor or minister in the house, once they say if there's any minister, all of you should raise your hand. Well, we are all ministers. Amen? And uh, part of what we dealt with in the main session this morning um, is the fact that we are to embrace the justice nature, the spirit of justice of God in our personal life, in our family life, and further and further. And you discover that God expects us to execute justice. So in God's, in God's mind, you're a priest, right from the Old Testament. All his people are priests. It was a wrong adjustment that led to having a class of priests, and then you have the late. He wanted a nation who citizens are royal priests. Everyone is a king and a priest. Among God's people. Because God is both a king and he's, he's, the, he's the highest priest. So he can be your father and you're something else. So in that context, he also wanted to be a judge. Now listen, we're done, not just with church as usual. We're done with infantile Christianity. If not, you never take your place. As long as the hair remains a child, it's not different from a slave. So, read my lips. God sees you as a king, as a priest, and by implication, a judge. So, when I was telling the men in the morning, we've got to embrace the spirit of justice. It's like, take your seat as a king and a judge. Do you know that the priests in the Old Testament, they institute the kings into office. They also perform the function of judges. They lead the people of God in battle. That's why the choir can lead us ahead. In 2 Chronicles, they led the army. The, the priests that were singing and playing music led the army. This is serious business. So, the priests 
institute kings and they serve as judges. It hasn't changed in the New Testament. First Corinthians 6 says, don't you know you will judge the world and you will judge angels? So he says, how come that little matters between Christians in the church, we can sort it out and we have to go to the judge in the, the civil society. So he's saying that people in church will be higher than the highest judge in the judiciary. Because we're going to judge angels. I think you need to put that there. Is it there now? Thank you. First Corinthians, put verse 1 first, chapter 6. Look at this. There any of you having a matter against another, go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? So saints are higher than the judges in society. That's what he's saying. Look at verse 2. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Amen. You know, didn't it look like I was exaggerating before you saw it? In this? <laughs> now, the saints are not the people from our Roman Catholic friends that died some hundreds of years ago and then they beatified them and then they canonized them and then they become saints. Now, Part of the New Testament, all the epistles were written to the saints. You don't write to dead people. Okay? Saints are people in church that apostles wrote letters to. Saints are sinners that God converted, God forgiven, God cleansed by his grace. And then you become saints. The saints will judge the world. Now, so this is why I say ignorance is not an asset. I mean, how can you be a judge and you're an ignorant judge? If you're going to join, judge the world, then you've got to know what's going on in the world. You have to know what's going on. You are expected to judge matters in your nation. So you judge the world... And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Is that right? Verse 3. Let's read it together. Don't leave me alone. I feel abandoned. Come on, Farai. Don't do me like this. We we're very close before your breakthrough came. All right, verse 3. Let's read it together. Do you not know that you judge angels? Come on now. Read it on. So, angels are inferior to us. That's why one of the most stupid church movements are churches that worship angels. I mean, you're just, it's like as good as if you're worshiping your housemaid, you will. Worship angels. The, the angels are embarrassed. Only fallen angels will accept worship. Because the angels are meant to cheer you on. 
and serve you. And if they don't do their function well, you should judge them. So why can't you judge in little matters? So we said in the morning, if you can't even be a righteous judge in the affairs between you and your wife, you are unjust in domestic affair. Because you don't allow fair hearing. <laughs> you can't talk. I'm the man. The more reason is to keep quiet and listen. I wanted to greet you good evening. I don't know how I got to this. <laughs> okay, so come on. Say we are all priests and kings and judges. Come on, talk to me. Say I'm taking my place. Don't live and die doing, doing infantile Christianity in the church. The church is a place where you come to be informed, to be enlightened, to be equipped, to be empowered. So you go and serve your purpose. Praise the Lord. So what am I saying? I'm setting the stage tonight. And tonight is going to be rough because it's the last night. You've loved all the laughter you wanted to laugh. So tonight is a serious night. Thanks for all, it's a serious night. I'm, don't you think when judges are having conference, a serious matter? We need to talk to ourselves tonight. Yeah, but it's going to, we'll go to land safely. Trust me. Yeah, I'll thank you. Hear the Lord between the time I rested this afternoon. Now, I was caught between two opinions because I wanted to do a portion with the men in the morning to continue where we stop on Thursday. And my wife said, no, it's not fair. The, woman will, the women will miss out. Yeah, and then the Holy Spirit said to me, she's correct. I said, why is she always correct? <laughs> I still need to write a petition to heaven about that. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> so, and, uh, so we have to do what we did in the morning or in the afternoon with the men. So I'm thinking tonight we do it together. And that's the, I wanted us to see how you know, God intervened through his fire and light nature in the affairs of our lives in the nation. Yeah, but while I was preparing towards the evening, the Holy Spirit said to me, the last part of the theme of the conference, the main part, because all of this is a build-up. We've dealt with the spirit of burning. We've dealt with the power of divine intelligence. Now the glory is something else. Because the reason for the spirit and the power. Is for the glory. And he says to me. Do you think you can cover the, the glory tomorrow morning alone? You get the point. So we got to do part one tonight. We got to do part one tonight. And so we're getting to the car. And my son. Uh, Apostle Olajide said. You know I'm going tomorrow morning. I said, wow. So the Holy Spirit said, he will have missed the glory completely. So that's the second point I'm doing the glory tonight. Because he traveled all the way from Cape Town just to experience this. So I said, if you go with the spirit and the power and you didn't get the glory, (laughs) you are like a king that God dressed and there is no crown. 
Come on, the Lord is going to crown you tonight. But now listen, uh, what is the reason for the spirit and the power and the glory? That's why I touched what I just touched. So do you need the spirit of burning, the spirit of God like fire, robe of fire? Do you need the power of divine intelligence and the might of God? The power that made the heavens and the earth. That garnets the heaven and pierces the head of the serpent. Do you need that power just to entertain yourself in your living room? To be weak and depressed and be defeated and be born out? Is that... Is that why we need to entertain ourselves? Do you need the spirit and the power and the glory for entertainment? I mean the spirit and the power and the glory from heaven. To just have fun on earth. I think all of this must be for some serious business. And I want to show you one reason. Why? Experiencing the spirit in all his dimension, including the one we dealt with on Thursday. Experiencing the power, not just as a matter of divine intelligence, the mind, all the expressions of the power of God. Remember, if the intelligence of God is the vital, the principal aspect of his power, then you understand when the Bible says in Ephesians 3.10, that God wants to display through the church Amen. his manifold wisdom to principalities and power. Amen. Ephesians 3.10 yes. that the intention of God the whole reason we're doing church, the whole reason for Christian faith is because God says I want to use saints, people in church Amen. to demonstrate my many-sided wisdom not just to human beings, to principalities and powers. Why is it indispensable for us to have that? And we're going to, when I say this, we're going to rise up and pray. I, I, you will pray. I trust. If you can't pray, my wife will make you pray. Gonna rise up and pray. And I, I'm comfortable saying some things in South Africa because of the struggle you went through. Because of how you came to the point where you are. You're still a rainbow nation. Amen. Regardless of all the complications. I know you don't feel that things are okay politically and all of that, but you are an envy to the nations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm comfortable saying some things here because you can relate with those things. The reason is oppressors never permit the oppressed to go free without forceful resistance. Freedom emancipation, Amen. liberty, Amen. justice from a wicked ruler yeah. can never be obtained 
without powerful, forceful resistance. I gave you two scriptures. So the reason you need the spirit, the power, and the glory is for resistance. There are areas you ought to be free and you think with time you will be free. Whatever I've held you captive will never come to a point and say I've tortured you enough. I've exploited you enough. I've dominated you enough. So now you can... No, it's never going to happen. Oppression, exploitation, whether it's spiritual, political, economic, whatever you call it. They transcend generations. How many years were the children of Israel in captivity in Egypt? 400. So don't you realize that some people live and die, gave birth to their children. Some people were born into it, grew in it, gave birth to their children. Marrying it, died, their grandchildren. And when it was time and God said, okay, 400 years plus 30 is okay. Let them go. Pharaoh said, he said, he said the abnormal is, is now the new normal. Now they can't go. They serve my parents. They go to serve me and serve my children and my grandchildren. Nothing was going to change that. Not time. Not centuries. You can stay for millennia. And your generation can be born into captivity. There are people that were buried in it. So even God has to engage forceful resistance to effect freedom. So if you are thinking some things will change in our nations, in your nation, in the continent of Africa, in the world, just with time, without the needed action, we're sentencing future generation into captivity. Look at Isaiah 14, 17. Praise the Lord. This is why I don't go everywhere to preach. I don't look for preaching invitation. Because not everyone is ready for this. I mean, you know, Nigerians don't come last in anything. Whether good, bad, ugly, anything will come first. As a matter of fact, there was a time they said they did the rating and they were talking about, you know, whether the most corrupt country in the world and they rated us. And Nigerian protested. What, what, what number? They said we were number two. And they said, how, how did they do it? I said the Nigerian issue is that, you know, whatever we want to do, we go full blast. We go full blast. So, there is no way they beat Nigeria now in church attendance or prayer meeting. I'm serious. This is not forgery. We don't forge the figures. We have, we have night vigil where millions of people attend. And they come from all over. Are you listening? If you think you have too many churches, uh, you come to Nigeria. Churches exploding everywhere. 
Now the complication is, but corruption is exploding. Terrorism is exploding. Poverty is increasing in the midst of abundance of natural resources. So, won't you know there's something wrong? So, this is why I'm not interested in the big churches in Nigeria. I don't look to go and preach in big churches because there are churches, they just want you to come, tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Are you listening? Look at Isaiah 14, 17. You are hooked with me to tomorrow afternoon until next year. If they invite me again with my wife, we'll come back. If they don't invite us, we'll go pray against them. <laughs> we can do that very well. Look at Isaiah 14. He's talking about an oppressor. Who made the world as a wilderness? Wilderness is desert. And destroyed the cities. Can you read the last part? Please help me read it out. Who did not open the house of his prison? Do you know the who? That's Lucifer. King of Babylon. He never we open the house of his prisoners. And the prisoners are human souls. It can never say, you've served your term. You're saying you've served it. No. It cannot say, well, you know, I wanted to, uh, I cannot more keep you because uh, you suffered too much. There's no parole. There is nothing. He can't be appeased. So, the souls that are taking prisoners, whether they are your relations or your neighbors or your friends, and generation, past, present, to come, if there is no forceful resistance with the spirit of heaven, with the power of God, and with a glory that he cannot stop, he will not let go. So that's why he doesn't mind if you're just doing some kind of funny religion. Provided the people can stay in captivity. It's okay. Satan is not against religion. Look at, I gave you Isaiah, let me give you Jeremiah. Out of the mouth of true prophets. Jeremiah 50 verse 33. Jeremiah 50, verse 33. Can we read it together? Where is it? 50, verse 33. You still programming. Yeah, thank you. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel were oppressed along with the children of Judah. All who took them captive have held them how? First. Uh-huh. They have refused to let them in. Not just Pharaoh. All who took them captive. They were doing religion. They, they had prophets. They, yeah. 
They had priests. Ezekiel was a priest who was in captivity <laughs> until the heaven, he saw heaven open. The heaven would be seen open over here. Amen. There were prophets in captivity. But those who heard them, heard them fast and refused to let them go. Until something can change the equation. Isaiah 49. Look at verse 24. We need to read that. Isaiah 49. Even if we just pray over this and come back tomorrow morning, it's enough. Because we can't be talking about glory to go back to how we used to be. Alright? I mean, you left all you were doing. Doctors, lawyers, business people, all whatever you were. And we've been coming since Thursday. Then we go back on Monday and continue. So why do we waste all our time? <laughs> I'm eating some good food here, but the pepper is not enough. <laughs> so I'm making sacrifice. <laughs> I left my You say, hey? Don't increase it. I'm just saying that. Yeah, because Eric and Uba, there are no more Nigerians. You guys have captured them. So they still try to give the Nigerian food, but something in me says, mm, that's great. The food is good. So I'm making sacrifice. But it's better than America anyway. Yeah. Praise God. Isaiah 49 verse 24. They refuse to let go. So how, how will it happen? Shall the prey be taken from the mighty? Or the captive of what? Be delivered. Let's go to the next verse. Let's read it on. But thus says the Lord. Even the captive of the mighty shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. Why? How will it happen? I will contend with him who contends with you. And I will save your children. Hallelujah! God is saying it's not going to happen automatically. If not, the captivity you are experiencing, your children will carry it over. He says, I will contend. Because those who hold God's people, hold them strong and refuse. They don't listen to pleading. It's music. They don't listen to your crying. Why me? But why me? Why me? It's music. The question is, if not you, who should it be? You're beautiful enough. You have, you have great destiny. That's why you're taken captive. You are stronger than your enemy. They're exploiting your strength. Why me? Why me? Is it not enough, devil? Isn't it enough what you've done to our family? Is it not enough? <laughs> Come on, touch your heart. Let her give us more music. God says, except I contend. 
Look at Amos chapter 7 verse 3. How does he continue? That's why you need the spirit of burning. You need the power and the glory. Because not a hoof of your animal will be left in captivity. Hallelujah! You, you refuse to live your nation the way you met it. You refuse to agree that things are too bad. So we leave it to the devil. We won't leave the church the way it's been. I'm not saying this church. The body of Christ will pursue some rogue prophets and chase them with the glory. Amen. Expose them. The Bible said they, 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 they will proceed no further because their folly must be exposed. Did you see the one that you put something in their mouth, they talk? Yeah. You saw that one? Amos. Amos chapter 7 verse 3. Amos 7 verse 3. Is it there? Let me be sure. Yeah, I need to be sure that's the correct one. No, 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 not to be sure. Come on, pray in tongues. You must get this. In Jesus' name. Amen. God says, I will contend with him that contend with you. So I can save your children. The question is, in what format does his contention take? 7-4. Thank you. Let's check Amos 7-4. I want us to see that. That's very important. Is it 7-4? Are you sure? Yeah, thank you. Let's read it together. Can you read it? Read it loud. Everybody, one go. Thus says the Lord God, showed me. Behold, the Lord God called for conflict. But he calls for what? Conflict. He called for what? Conflict. But why? Because the the oppressors say you can go. Put their house on fire. Burn everything down. The Lord called, put old King James. This is too new. This is too new. Put old King James. Thank you. This guy, put your hands together for the guy. This guy. Thus has the Lord God showed me. And behold, the Lord God called to contend by fire. The Lord God called for what? To contend by fire. He said that's how we contend with those who contend to keep you so I can deliver your children. It's by fire. And that fire will devour the great deep and eat it up everybody. If they hide their stuff in the sea, the fire will consume it. Did you read yesterday? Did you hear that yesterday? That God say, when I come, I don't keep silent. A fire go before me. He contends by fire. So the spirit of burning is to effect liberty. 
That's how the spirit of justice works. The power of divine intelligence is to remove the folly, the veil, and let you see clearly how things are got to be, how things ought to be. And refuse to lie down in the feet. But it got to be done by fire. I can go on. I can go on. I see now you're getting in. Ezekiel 39 verse 9. Look at that. I like to stay with old prophet and look for scriptures because some modern Christians, they just like Second King, uh, no, Second John, uh, surely the Lord uh, prosper and to be dead and prosper my soul. Yeah. If you are in captivity and you are pros- your prosperity in captivity is inconsequential. I told my American and European, I said, listen, I can't do Christianity the way you people do it. There. My people are in captivity. Yes. Yes. Our road is in captivity. You can't, you don't understand what, what, what is born in me. They're asking, when will you go for sabbatical? I say, from what? <laughs> the number of people that will die before I come back from sabbatical. There will be nowhere to bury them. Yes. I didn't go for sabbatical. People have been buried in hundreds of preventable deaths. You are, you are not on sabbatical, both the preachers and the politicians have conspired together to be plundering the people. You, the watchman, you now go on sabbatical. You won't meet anything. They say, when do you rest? I say, I rest while I'm walking, and I walk while I'm resting. My eyes are open. One big preacher came from Europe to come and set up church in our country. Big! On television everywhere. If I mention the name now, you guys will know him. But my wife and others say I should not be mentioning name. <laughs> that I'm now old, I'm mature. When I was younger, I mentioned names. <laughs> because names are mentioned in your Bible. <laughs> the guy came and he wanted to raise crowd in Nigeria. And you know, he's using television, he's doing advert. So one day he says, if you come to this, my meeting, we will anoint your right thumb. We will anoint your right toe with oil and your right ear. So you have financial prosperity. Then I went to check my Bible. I said, that's anointing to cleanse leprosy. That's, that's leprosy anointing. Oh my goodness. So we saw the advert in the newspaper. A friend of mine who is also a radical preacher, he told me, can you see what I'm seeing? My wife was saying, oh, look at this guy. He said all Nigerians are lepers. So I said, this is the last advert he's going to do. Very big, very worthy. So I went to my room. I used to write in the national newspaper. So I wrote his name, the topic of the title of the article that will come out on Sunday. Full page. So-and-so's leprosy anointing. <laughs> so I wanted to start writing. The Holy Spirit say, justice. Call him first. And talk to him. If he refuses, you are permitted to write anything you want to write. 
Pastor, okay? As God will have it, I have his office number. Because he had sent his secretary to call that he wanted to come and preach in my church some years before. My wife and I just came from Australia. The secretary called me and said, uh, you know the man of God so and so from Europe. He's been going around churches and we hear about your church. And he will be glad to come. And I know when they go, they sell books, they raise funds, they get big honorarium. So I said, sorry, no one invites himself to my church. He said, once you invite yourself, you can come. Because it means your motive is not right. Let God show me that we need you. They were shocked. So, but I got the number and I saved the number. So when the Holy Spirit said, call him, I went back to that number. So I called him. He had started the program for the anointing of air, of toe, and tongue. So he couldn't pick the call. When he f I dropped a voicemail, I said, so and so, that you wanted to come to his church the other time. I'm calling. We need to talk urgently. So he finished. He called me. So I said, sir. You are, you are a theologian. We knew where you started from. I mentioned his, his father's church, his family church. I said, you were well brought up. You have been in Europe. We were looking up to you. So why are you saying for people to get money, they need to be anointed like lepers? I said, I saw your advert in the paper. Are you saying all Nigerians are lepers? I said, That's, you are twisting scriptures. The reason I told you that is this. I said, sir, for your information, some of us are watchmen in this nation. And we watch against people that want to exploit God's people. What I'm watching against, what about you're about it. I wanted to write. God said, I should call you. I said, if you go ahead, you will know there are watchmen in this city. I said, I'm sorry. You know, I wanted to do prophetic action. I said, don't go ahead. So he stopped it. Then I stopped my fight. But the reason I told you that is that we are meant to be watchmen. How can I go on sabbatical? I wasn't on sabbatical when that was to happen. So look at your scriptures. Look at this scripture. Can we read it together? And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shield and the bucklers and the bows and the arrows and the hand staff and the spears. They shall burn them with fire. How long? Several years. This spiritual oppression so is not literal fire. It's a supernatural fire Amen. that when you kindle it. Now, John, you read Isaiah. No weapon fashion against us shall prosper. Amen. This is why it won't prosper. Yes. Yes. If you don't burn it with fire, it will prosper. Yes. That's why you need the fire. Amen. That's why you need the power. Amen. That's why you need the glory. I told GD before we came down the road, I said, my wife and I, we've been saying since the beginning of this year, nobody is a hindrance, it's a problem to us. People are the least of our problem. Yes. 
You can't stop what we are doing. Because we carry the spirit of fire. We carry the power. We carry the glory. You can't, nobody is a problem. If you join us, welcome. If you go away, goodbye. If you resist us, we resist you. Nobody is a problem. Except I give you a problem. You can't give me a problem. Why? The spirit you carry. The power you carry. The glory you carry. So let's rise up. Let's pray a little. Are we doing fine? Yes, sir. Yeah, trust you. It's never going to be Christianity like before again. No more church as usual. The spirit of bondage is coming on you. The spirit of justice is coming on you. The power of divine intelligence is finding expression on you. And the glory of the Lord is going to cover you. The garment of glory is going to cover you. You are taking your place as a priest, as a king, as a judge. Open your mouth and begin to pray. And say, Lord, clothe me with your spirit of burning. Clothe me with your power, with your glory. Quicken me. Enlighten me, strengthen me, set me on fire again. Oh Lord, revive me, renew me, transform me. Lift me higher. Oh God, awaken me. Oh God, breathe into me, breathe upon me. La pokatasaya korobaha. Yambari hende koto sata. Yoplaka to hasaya. Lambro kote seteboha. Yenda koto bosaya. Lendra bohode kete. Yabakato. Yakrokodo basaya. Heliana masandaya. Hengaro basuka ribabaha. Enda kodo bosaka. Helia koribabaha. Yanda rababahaya. Inde masonda kata. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Remember where we started from. The oppressor refuses to let the captive go. They keep their prisoners fast. Oppressors. And the wicked rulers will never without powerful and forceful resistance allow liberty. So I want you to pray, pray, speak out. Don't be quiet. I refuse to remain in captivity in any way, spiritually, physically, my health, my family, my children, my, my destiny, my prosperity. I refuse to stay in captivity. My children, I refuse to stay in captivity. Open your mouth. I resist every oppression. I resist every. I break every wall of prison. I refuse to remain a slave. I refuse to remain in chain. I break loose. I break free. Yanda Kotoboshaka Helikatoba. I rise up to fulfill my destiny.
In Jesus' name we are praying. In Jesus' name we are praying. One more prayer. One more prayer after this before you see them. Before you ask God to join you and contend by fire. And set their weapons on fire. That we burned for seven years. You have to do something. Because if you are contented and complacent in your captivity, God cannot help you. If you are comfortable remaining where you are, then the status quo remains. God wants to see a resistance from your end. God wants to see you contending. He said to the children of Israel, your, your cry has come to me. By reason of your affliction. You can't keep receiving the attack of the enemy lying down and whispering in the dust. You can't. You got to speak out. You got to shake up. Look at Isaiah 52. And that because of time. If you read from verse 51, chapter 51 from 17, you will see how he's saying, let the arm of God rise up. He said, because even our children are in captivity. He says, they are trampling on us like dust. That's the narrative of chapter 51 till the end of the chapter. They have given us some, 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 some things that, that make us drowsy. They have sedated us. And they are walking upon, they ask us to lie down. And they are walking, walking on our feet. And our children are hanging on the street without strength. We are in captivity, he says. But look at chapter 52. You can read it on your own, uh, chapter 51, when you get home. But look 52 verse 1. This is God responding. Awake. Awake. Put on your strength. So God is saying, I need to see a little strength coming from you. Don't lie down. Keep saying, I am weak. I am prayerless. I cannot speak. I, I, I don't know what to do. No, no. Wake up. Put on your strength. Oh, Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. You've been wearing rag. You've been wearing prisoner's uniform. Remove your prisoner's clothes. Do because the king is calling you. When Joseph was told the king is calling you, he removed the prisoner's cloth. He said, oh, my time has come. Listen, he said, put on your beautiful garment. Oh, Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised, the people oppressing you are uncircumcised. They have no covenant with God. The uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. He's saying, wake up and dress up. Look at verse 2. I want you to read verse 2 with me. Read it out loud. Everybody, one. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose yourself from the bonds of your name. O captive. Please read it one more time. This is what you are going to do. Everybody, read it one more time. Arise. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose yourself from the bond of your neck. O captive daughter of Zion. Come on now, begin to shake yourself. Begin to shake yourself from the dust. It's a spiritual thing. 
but you are confessing it with your mouth. You are saying it with your strength. Put on your strength. Put on your strength. In verse 1, there is a confirmation that you have a strength. There's a confirmation that is a strength you carry. Put on your strength. Arise and put on your strength. Arise and put on your strength. I put on my strength. The strength of the Holy Ghost. The power of God. The glory of God. Arise and put on your strength. The strength of the wisdom of God. Divine intelligence. Yes. I put on my strength. I put on my strength. I'm shaking myself from the dust. I am rising up. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's hear Isaiah 60 in Amplified. Do we have it? Let's hear Isaiah 60 verse 1 in Amplified. It's part of prayer. Praise the Lord somebody. He said, arise. You know, in the New King James, say arise and shine. There's nothing handy there. Because when you arise, you are shining already. Amen. When you are shining, it means you have arisen. He said, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Arise from it. Rise to a new life. Say and be radiant with the glory of the Lord. The glory. For your light has come. You know, before you are prostrating, you know, when you are prostrating and speaking in the dust, you can't even know that the light is on. The enemy is taking advantage of the position you have put yourself. The position you put yourself in your office, the position you put yourself in the nation, the position you put yourself among your friends. He said, arise at work. Rise up. Rise up from the doors because your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Your light has come. The glory has risen upon you. I want you to say to yourself, I'm rising up from frustration. I'm rising up from depression. I'm rising up from discouragement. Oh, somebody! Somebody! It's time to rise up. It's time to shake yourself. It's time... It's time. Carry Bobo Boshetete. Rekeleboroboroboroboro. This uncircumcised will no longer come to me. Leboroboroboro. Lekeleboroboro. Put on your strength, O Zion. 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 Put on your son, O daughter of Zion. O sons of the kingdom. O sons of the kingdom. Put on your strength. Put on your strength. You are rising off from situations that circumstances. You are rising off from depression. You are rising off from lack and want. You are rising up from discouragement. You are rising up. You are contending in Jesus' name. Now begin to speak and contend. Let me tell you, many years ago, my husband told me, 
When, whenever we're having some problem with some contention, he will say it's part of life. He said, even up to tomorrow, Israel is still contending for the land he has given them. You know, sometimes when you just shake a little bit, you just feel, oh, it's okay. I'm it's done. Stressful. It's stressful. And then, no, that's not how to be live in this present world. No. You have to contend. Amen. Maybe for your children, you contend. Amen. Maybe for your marriage, you contend. Amen. Maybe for your possession, you contend. Amen. Maybe for things that rightly belong to you, you contend. Your inheritance, you contend. Open your mouth and begin to contend. I don't mind, care how you do it, but you know what you are contending with? It may be your academic. Yes, it may be. Prosperity. It may be your life. Contend. Contend. I'm contending against you that want to hinder the purpose of God for my life. I'm contending against you, spirit of laziness. I'm contending against you, spirit of discouragement. I'm contending against you, you that put me under oppression. I'm contending and I'm getting out of slavery. I'm getting out of slavery. I'm getting out of slavery. I'm standing up. I'm rising up. Let the light shine. I'm going higher and higher. I'm going higher and higher. I'm going higher and higher. The glory of the Lord is upon me. The power of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let the Oh Lord, I'm joining hand with you. I'm joining hand with you, oh God. As you can see, that I'm not relenting, that I'm not discouraged, that things will begin to change from now on, that your power will be seen in my life. Oh God, arise. Let your enemy be scattered. Oh God, arise. Oh God, arise. Oh God, arise. Oh God, arise. Let your enemies be scattered. Yes, save my children. Save my family. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I can tell you something has taken place concerning your life. Put your hands together and shout a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's be seated. Let's be seated. Thank you for the prayer. Uh, let's just see Isaiah verse, uh, 60 verse 2. You've seen it. Okay, let's start from verse 1. Go back. Uh, not the amplify now. Let's do the other simple one. Thank you. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now listen, which means like my wife was saying, it is possible if you are lying in prostration, in depression, and you are face down in the dust, you will not be aware of God's intervention. So it's possible that your light has come and your glory, the glory is hanging. But you are lying face down. The time for change has come. Amen. But you're not aware. 
You're still sucking in the pain of the past. So it's, you just need to rise up, turn, lift, shake yourself. You say, no, the chain is too much. I've been afflicted. I've tried to rise before I couldn't. So now I'm weak. You can't afford to be weak. So you just need to wake up and dress up and shake and break the yoke. Because God is now intervening. The equation is no longer the same. Maybe you did it on your own before, but God said, I'm backing you up now. Moses said, I can't go. He said, but I will go with you. When you did it, you didn't get me involved. But I'm the one asking you now to shake you, to rise up. Because your light and your glory. So it takes a prophet to let you know that things are no longer the way they used to be. There is something good that's already coming on your life. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. He says in verse 2, Behold, if you look around, the darkness covers the earth. Not a darkness. The. There's a definite article. It's a darkness from the king of darkness. From the ruler of darkness. It's a darkness personified. The darkness covered the earth and deep or thick darkness covered the people. But but the Lord will arise over you and his glory shall be seen upon you. So, so which means, listen, if the darkness is the opposite of the Lord, so the darkness is somebody. The light is the Lord. The reason for your reproach and defeat and captivity is somebody. Your freedom, your liberty, your glory is somebody. And that's what's going to change the tide. And things are not going to get better around the world. Don't wait for an opportune time. Don't wait for enabling environment. You got to create it. Evil men will wax worse and worse. Deceiving as they have been deceived. So, if you're waiting for when the politicians will get better, you lose your life. If you are waiting for when greedy prophets will change their mind, they will keep exploiting you. But you need to know that God is intervening on my behalf now. Are we talking? So, the part one tonight, we have have less than one hour to spend now. So, you have responded well, so I won't keep you long. So you can go and get ready for Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. So in the next 45 minutes, let's, let's see the nature of the glory, part one. The nature of the glory. Because like we spoke about the power. When we say the power of God, you remember yesterday, people have different ideas. Right? When say the power came in the service. But now we saw yesterday that just... The wisdom, the intelligence, the, the, the understanding, the knowledge of God is the real power. Is that correct? So now, when we say the glory, you need to know what is the form of the glory. How does the glory appear? Because you can keep praying, Lord, I need your glory. Let your glory. The glory has come and you're not aware. 
Or you can see the glory and run away from the glory. So we need to know the nature, the form of the glory. Are you ready? We can only introduce it tonight because that's what is going to fill you within and clothe you without. So you've got to know what you're carrying. You've got to know what you're interacting with. Which is part of what changes the game. This is why your contention can no longer be like before. Praise the Lord. Now, let me show you Romans. Romans chapter. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. I think verse 17. My system is shutting down. But I'll be okay. Let's go to Romans. Chapter 8. Yeah, verse 18, verse 18. Romans 8, 18, thank you. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with what? The glory. Which shall be? Now, you know, one of the things that, that made me embrace Christ is the fact that Christ is very realistic. Did you listen to that? Christianity is so realistic. And I've said, if you're not realistic, you can't be prophetic. You can't live by faith if you deny reality. If you deny facts. Right. Living by faith is not to deny facts. Establish the facts, then assess higher truth. Because the truth is settled in heaven forever. Did you get that? But the facts can come to you scientifically. Doctors can give you the facts of your health condition. You don't say it's a lie. Because I've seen some Christians, if doctors tell them the test there and they say, oh, you have cancer. They say, no, no, no. I I don't have cancer. I say, listen, the, the same equipment, scientific equipment, is what is making your phone to work. So if you can't accept the fact of scientific investigation about your head. Stop using your phone. Use faith to phone. Stop driving your car. So, faith is not to deny facts. It's to say, yes, this is scientific facts. But I now need a higher truth. That will come by revelation. It's not the fact that set you free. It's the truth. And the truth is settled in heaven. So, why I love Christ. I saw a Christianity, a faith. And I saw Jesus. So brutal with truth. Like we read in the morning. Say, my people are stupid. They are foolish. They are silly. We read it in the morning. And I say, if I have said that, they will say, this Nigerian has a big mouth. No, no. Jeremiah 4, 22. God said, my people are foolish. They are silly. Because they don't know me. Paul wrote to the church. I don't know where the church is located. But he said, oh, foolish. And he was still in the spirit. He was not common. So look at this. This scripture says, in Romans 8, 
18. I know you are suffering. There's no denying of the fact. <laughs> I know that there is a present suffering. So, whether it's at work or in, the, in your family, in a marriage, or concerning your business, or whatever, even in your body, there is a present suffering. The suffering of the present time. But it's not worthy. It's nothing compared to what is coming upon you. To what is going to rise up from within you. So he says, it's not worthy to be compared with what? The glory that shall help me put somebody and say, my friend, the glory must be revealed to be received. You can't, gener you can't generate the glory. It's going to be revealed. You can't acquire the glory. And now, you talk of something being revealed. Yeah, I need to do an illustration. I need to do an illustration. So there's something here that needs to be revealed. There's something covered here. So if there's nothing here, you can't ask me to reveal it. To reveal is that something is present, but is veiled. So to reveal is to unveil. So I'm going to ask Pastor Uber, you have the honor and the privilege to come and be a revealer and unveil what is in this thing. Can you reveal to us? Ta-da! Ta-da! Did you know that this was inside the thing before? No. So there's a glory in you. And the reason you are suffering is because the suffering is needed. To remove the veil. To reveal the glory. No suffering, no unveiling. It's a process to remove the, the what do you call it? What you pack it, it did, the, the, the wrap, the gift wrap. If the glory is not revealed, you will be living under the glory, still lying with your face on the ground, crying and looking for what is not lost. Come on, lift up your right hand. And say, blessed Holy Spirit. In the midst of the suffering. Let there be. The revelation. Of the glory. Within me. Reveal the glory. Unveil the glory. In Jesus name. If it's not revealed, it cannot be received. Amen. The glory got to be revealed. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Can we read it together? Thank you, God. It says, 2 Corinthians, this is zero much. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. All right, thank you. While we do not look at the things, this is the process of the revelation. 
We do not look, not that we deny them, but we, dis- we disregard them. We do not look at the things which are seen with the eyes, but we look at the things which are not seen. That's with the eyes. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So it's a question of what you're focusing on. If you keep focusing on people and environment and the weather condition, you miss the glory. As a matter of fact, uh, I can't remember what I titled it, but I was speaking in our church before I left last week. We were speaking from Habakkuk chapter 1, where the burden of the prophet was revealed. And he, he was saying to God, God, why are you showing me violence? Why is there darkness? I look for peace. I look, why have you not intervened? Why is evil continuing? And he just kept saying, God, look at what is happening. Instead of truth, instead of justice, there is oppression. I felt like this guy lives in my country. And when God was going to answer Habakkuk in verse 5, he said, look to the nations. He said, don't look at your location. Yeah, let's check that out. We'll go back to 2 Corinthians. Habakkuk chapter 1. Since I already stumbled into it. It's the Holy Spirit that pushed me, so let me be pushed. Habakkuk chapter 1. Yeah, thank you. Go back to verse 2. Go back to verse 2. He started in verse 1, the, the body of Habakkuk. But look at verse 2. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you shall not hear. God don't mind you being real with him. <laughs> Even I cried to you about violence. And you haven't saved us. Next verse. You think God will say, how dare you talk to me like that? <laughs> He's a father. Why do you show me iniquity? And you cause me to see trouble. For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Look at, he kept saying to God, why this, why that? Can you read verse first? See how God answered him. What did God say? When God was going to answer. No, no, we haven't gone into the answer. No, go back, go back to the one you showed before. Thank you. Verse four. He says, therefore, the law is powerless. And justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. <laughs> therefore, Perverse judgment. Proceed. And that's when Jesus said the wicked intimidate the righteous. But you can't go into that. So see verse 5. He's telling God, this is the reality in my nation. So hear what God said. God says, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astonished. For I will walk a walk in your days which you will not believe. Though it were told. So God is saying, all you need to do is to rise up and look for that. Don't don't limit your look to where you are. He said, because what I'm going to do that will change the situation is going to come from far and near. The solution, the glory is present, but must be revealed. Must be revealed. My wife was telling me that 
So say, I don't know how you're going to do it, but there's something that God spoke through you last week. He must speak it through you here. Since my second Holy Spirit. <laughs> so let, let it come out now. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, before I give you that one. If you respond well, I'll give you. If you don't, I'll carry it back home. <laughs> All right, let's see 2 Corinthians 3 first. 3, uh, 17 and 18. The glory must be revealed. The solution is present, but it must be revealed. Okay, so look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, let's see from verse 16 to 18 quickly. 2 Corinthians, thank you. He says, nevertheless. Well, okay, go back to 15. There's a veil. There's a veil. But even to this day, when the book of Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. That's why they can see the glory. You're reading the scriptures. You're reading the scriptures. There's glory there for you, but you can see it. I don't know if you've experienced it like me. Before God awoken me to the glory, I've been looking for where to read in the Bible. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, I can't see where to read. I'm looking for where to enter. I open, there's nothing. I read, I didn't see glory. But I felt that what God is demanding is too hard. I see commandment that I felt I cannot keep. I didn't know that they were enablements. They were empowerment. Because there's a veil. Religion veils you. So up till now, when the book of Moses is read, something covers the heart of the people. And they can't see anything. So look at the next verse 17. Chapter 3 verse 17. Let's move on. Yeah. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. You know we spoke about the Spirit? The Spirit of Bonnie. The Lord himself is the Spirit. The Spirit is the Lord. You know, we used to say Jesus is the Lord. So, the Lord that is with us now, as Jesus is on the throne in heaven, is the Spirit. The Spirit must be sovereign now. So, you read the Bible by the Spirit. You are led by the Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. Jesus was Holy Spirit limited in human body. You didn't get that. Yeah. Jesus was God, the Spirit, contained in human body. The Holy Spirit <laughs> is that Jesus that is now God back, that filled heaven, is unlimited. No more in human flesh. So the current Lord, the current Savior, is the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, another one says, wherever the Spirit is Lord, what happens? There is. But you know, there is no liberty without resistance. There is no liberty without contending by fire. He's the spirit of fire. The Lord is fire. There will be liberty because he will burn the bondage that keep you. He will burn the weapons wherever the spirit is allowed. So if there's captivity, you are not allowing the spirit. Are we talking? 
Wherever the spirit is, there is liberty. Look at verse 18. Look at this. But we all, this is how we experience the liberty and the glory. All of us, not the pastors, not the prophet, not the apostles, not the bishop alone. All of us, with an unveiled face. Not this face, the face of our heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, they say, see God. It's with your heart you see, not with these eyes. Okay, what you see with your eyes can blind your heart. It's what you see with your heart that opens your eyes. All right, so we are with an unveiled face as we're beholding, beholding as in a mirror. What are we beholding? The glory. The mirror is the word. Remember James 1. He says, if you hear the one, you forget. You look, you remind, you look at yourself in the mirror. And you go away and forget. So you deceive yourself. So the, the word of God is the mirror. So as with an unveiled face of your mind, you behold the glory. As if you're looking at a mirror. What happens? You are being transformed into the same image of what you're seeing from glory to glory as by the spirit of so this is the process through which the spirit reveals the glory not you looking at the things that have seen don't look at how you are look at how you should be don't look at how people see you look at how God says he sees you in his word are we talking? Alright, so Exodus chapter 15. The glory is present. The solution is present. But if it's not revealed, your heart remains veiled. You can remain in depression and prostration. In Exodus 15, something interesting happened. They just crossed the Red Sea. Remember, God has resisted and contended and got them out of Egypt. Is that right? Now remember, they participated in the process. They participated in the Because on the night of Passover, God said all of them must dress up. The same way Isaiah 52 said, rise up, dress up. Put on your sander. Take your walking staff. Eat the meat of the Passover, standing up, dressed. So you can't take a weakness position and experience Passover. You have to be dressed, ready for the journey. Why the oppression and the captivity is still raining? Pharaoh thought it's still going to be the same night as usual. But God said, the night I'm going to move, you must dress up. You must rise up. You must hold your staff and eat like a king. What's that barbecue you used to do here? Brown, yeah. Huh? Brown, brown. Yeah, that one, that one. I haven't eaten enough, so I don't know how to pronounce it. He hasn't given me one. So it's like, yeah, it's a setup. So, don't, slave, don't do that. Did you get it? Slave, don't celebrate. They only mourn and complain. God didn't say, when you get to the promised land, celebrate. He said, why you're still in the captivity? 
You are going to go celebrating. So, so rise up, put on your beautiful garment, dress up like you are going for an important journey. And eat the bread. Don't stay awake crying and praying. Go to sleep. While you are sleeping, I'll be slain. The oppression. I'll be contending by the angel of fire. So you know how it happened? They came out and they didn't come empty handed. Right. And now they got to the Red Sea. It was a setup. The enemy pursued them and got baptized in the Red Sea. It's baptism. It was just in the Red Sea. Baptized in the Red Sea. So Pharaoh and all his chariots and all of that were drowned. And they came out on the other side. Exodus 15. Is that correct? And they're singing and they're celebrating. And the women were dancing with the tabernacle. Celebration mentality, isn't that? And everybody was happy, praising the Lord. Oh my goodness. Did you see how Pharaoh saw my sorted? Did you see what I saw? Did you experience what I experienced? The Passover? And they were, oh my goodness, the Lord is good. And then they're getting deeper into the desert. And now they're getting thirsty. They took their eyes away from what God has done. From the glory that is revealed. From the pillar of fire before them. Are you listening? They stopped looking at he who is invisible. And they started saying, but there's no water. But there's no water. So the song started going. And they started complaining, Moses. Why did you bring us here? Where is water? So you know the story. Get to verse 22. So they saw. They saw a stream. They saw a pond of water. It's, okay, they saw this. And when they got there, so Moses brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea. Then they went into the wilderness. Wilderness, every time you see wilderness, desert. Because in the middle is there is no wilderness, desert. Okay, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. And the forgotten the one leading them is the fountain of life, is the river himself. He can choose to keep the water in the rock. Just as a tank. The fact that you, you saw rock doesn't mean he hasn't provided. The voyage just need to be... What you think is the people you think are hard against you don't walk by sight. They might be keeping your vital resources. All right, are you listening? So now, go to the next verse. Go to the next verse 23. Now, when they came to Mara, the place wasn't called Mara before, they named it Mara. Mara means bitter. It was the experience that made them name the place Mara. So they got there and they could not drink the waters of Mara. So now this narrative has changed. Before there was no water, but now there's water. And they say because the water is bitter, it's Mara. Nobody can drink Mara. So they couldn't drink, for they were bitter. Therefore, they named the place Mara. Next verse. Look at the next verse, 24. And the people complained. Against Moses. I ask you a question. Did Moses have a different river he was drinking from? <laughs> so when you start blaming your pastor, it's because the, uh, the pastor is not anointed. I'm going to live another church. 
is suffering what you are suffering. Maybe even more. You don't know what pastors endure and come. You know, even when there's pain in their body, say, the Lord will do it. The Lord is good to you. Ah, Lord Jesus, blood of Jesus. <laughs> but pastor, pray. Why, have no, why am I not healed? He's a person like you. So they started complaining against Moses. Saying, what shall we drink? Next verse. What happened? So Moses, look at the difference. They complained. Moses cried to the Lord. That's the difference. Moses was in the crisis. But his response was different. He said, the one that brought us thus far has a solution. I haven't seen the solution, but I know there is something. He led us this route. So he cried to the Lord. And the Lord planted. If I read wrong, you have to correct me. And the Lord mysteriously, magically planted a tree. Is that what it says? The Lord did what? What I show him means, it means the tree was there all along. The one complaining cannot see it. It's the one that looked to the Lord. He will show you the solution. Hey! The Lord is about to show you the solution to your complication. Look at that. The Lord said, Moses, thank you for not complaining like that. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for calling on me. I got it worked out. I have the solution to the bitter water. He says, look at that tree. Moses said, yes tree. The Lord showed him a tree. When he cast the tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. They were made I mean, and then he made a status and an ordinance and all of that. So look at what happened. God says there is a solution to change your frustration. That's the glory. Your dilemma what is messing you up. But if you keep crying and you bury your face in the crisis, you won't see it. So, when he's showing the tree, listen carefully. So, he said, okay, thank you, Lord. He put the leaf of the tree into the water. And he drank it. And there was no more bitter. And he saw it. So, this is the question. I asked the Lord. I don't just read. I ask God questions. I said, that tree was beside the river that is bitter. It means the, sweet, the tree is sweet. So if you taste this tree, it's sweet. That's why I put in the water, it became sweet. Where was the tree getting water from? The tree was not drinking from the bitter. Because if the tree was using the root to drop from the bitter water, the tree would be bitter. Come on now. So anyone drinking in the bitterness around cannot give you the sweetness of solution. 
So the Lord said, thank you for asking. Why everything dried up? The tree was going deep. The tree took root down. Be, be net, far away from the bitter waters. And tap into a spring. Whose water was not bitter. And started drawing from there. So the tree refused to suck in the environment. And became different. Listen, you can be that tree. And somebody should be that tree to you. Do you remember the righteous shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water? Do you remember you should grow like a tender plant in a dry place? You have to take root down and refuse to drink from the bitter corruption and the bitter oppression and the bitterness of, of discrimination and, and the bitterness of frustration. And don't take your frustration on people around you. If you drink from the bitterness, you become a bitter tree that cannot heal the water. But it has to be revealed. It has to be revealed. It has to be revealed. So let's end with one more. Then you just come and help us pray. Is that good? Tomorrow we'll go further. Jide will miss that one. <laughs> we'll cut off the connection. <laughs> All right. So, look at how does the glory look like? For instance, why, why can't people see the glory? Is it that they see it and whatever or whatever? Exodus chapter 24. Exodus 24. Let's read from verse, um, I think from verse 16. I hope 16 or 15. Let's check it out. Exodus. Thank you. From verse 16. Now, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount, Zion, on Mount Sinai. Is that correct? Yes. Now, do you remember you approach the Bible scientifically without glossing over details? Okay? And you can approach it with a legal mind or a spiritual mind. Each of these disciplines pay attention to details. No assumption. So when you read that the glory rests, you have to check the word rest. It indicates that the glory is substantial. That the glory is not abstract. That the glory has weight. Are you listening? If it doesn't have weight, it can't rest on the mountain. That's why Corinthians says, the suffering you're going through is working in you. An exceeding greater weight. Of glory. Talk to me. Say glory, glory. has weight. Now, so this is the reason for your suffering. You are in the gym because you are going to carry weight of glory. But uh, I don't think Ryan needs to go to gym. The one he does here <laughs> is enough gym. Where is, where is uh, the wife? Where, where, uh, Jessica, where Jess Jessica, no more gym. All the gym is done in the church. <laughs> the metabolism is okay. So just... Now, but if you don't develop your spiritual muscles, 
God says, if I bring the glory with the weight, it will crush you. So when you hear that the glory rests, if you double-click that rest, it's going to reveal a lot. So the glory rested, let's go back, on Mount Sinai. And the cloud, that's the same glory, covered they covered it six days. And on the seventh, that's, that's the day of the Lord, that's the, that's the number of perfection. On the seventh day of that glory, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. So you now know why the glory has weight. Somebody's inside. <laughs> Come on, Afraid, you got it. When you get it, you can't see that. <laughs> I got it at last. The glory has risen upon you because the Lord will rest in you. So, when we say, oh, we need the glory, we need the glory, it's not disconnected from Him. When Moses prayed, don't, don't remove this, thank you. When Moses prayed in Exodus 33, he said, okay, I've seen the power. I've seen Red Sea open. I've seen Pharaoh drown. What has come from the rock? I've seen wonders. We've, we've eaten manna. We've eaten meat. I want to see the glory. Uh -uh. So Moses, you're saying all of this is not glory? <laughs> My goodness. And God said, listen, I will take you to the promised land. Flow with me, Kahan. There's an angel that will clear the way and take you there. But I can't go with you. The people are stubborn. They're not connecting with my presence. Ah, Moses said, that's bad news. We're not going. Don't take us from here. You're asking us to go without glory. Then God said, okay, I'll go with you. He said, well, show me the glory. Show me the glory. God said, okay, I will show you my goodness. And I will give you peace. I didn't mean just goodness. I said the glory. Yeah. Then God said, you're asking for my face. Yeah. You can see my face and remain in the body. So when Moses was saying, show me the glory. He was saying, the goodness is not good enough without your face. My I'm telling you the nature of the glory. Because you mean you want to see my... Listen carefully. I use this illustration. You can experience the goodness of Dr. Emmanuel without seeing his glory. It is. This is how it works. So you're at home I know it may not work in the special area you live, but so take your mind back to when you visited me. So you are, you are in, an, in a neighborhood, or when you go to your village, you are in the neighborhood, and your husband is in the room, and somebody is knocking, and they call, and say, Madam, Madam, oh, let's say woman had a kid. She has some children, the children are crying, the woman is crying, and she's even pregnant. And she's saying they haven't eaten for three days. Because the husband died. 
And the in-laws, they're not caring for her. They're crying. They say they need your help. You come to your husband. I say, darling, there's a woman at the gate. I've not even seen her. But the way they told me the condition is terrible. And the doctor says, oh, my God. This is what is going on in this country. Can you see? That's just one of the cases. In any case, take this envelope. Whatever number of runs is there. Just, I, I don't even need to see her. Let her go and start with this. So you bring the money. And you give to the woman. And the woman stopped crying. Everybody say goodness. Yes. She says, get the money. Wow. Is it for me? God will bless you. Your children will not suffer. Your husband will not die. If it's my country, say your house will not burn. <laughs> Fire will not burn your house. You will travel to London. You will travel to America. You will get visa. <laughs> so, so we're trying to check. But let's, let's stay back and fix our country. If we travel, just travel to do some stuff. We're not running away. But this is the point. Did the woman see the doctor? If he sees him tomorrow, will he recognize him? What does he know about? He experienced his goodness, but didn't see his glory. So there are, there are Christians and preachers. They're enjoying the goodness of God. Even the power. But they don't see the glory. Moses said, we have enjoyed your goodness. We have seen your power. We have not seen your glory. And we are not talking of angel. God said, wow. Okay, I'll let you see the backside. <laughs> because if we come face to face, you have to come to heaven. So, Moses understood what the glory is. There are Christians and preachers now that think material prosperity is the glory. It's not. It may be his goodness. Don't mistake that for the glory. Because Satan can give you a lot of prosperity and cut you off from the glory. Yeah. You remember the, the leader of the church in Laodicea? Yes. We're rich. Yes. We have need of nothing. Yes. We're this. We're like, God said, but you are rich, you are poor, you are blind, you are, you are naked. Yes. Yes. And it means you have psychotic problem because to be naked and not know. <laughs> you don't have the glory. So go back to Exodus 24. So the glory came down and it was from the midst of the cloud of glory. That's where God was. Now hold it. We're going to stop soon and pray. Are you ready? Yes. Go back a little to chapter 20. Exodus 20. Go to verse 19. So you see the crisis. Did, oh, you read it in the morning. Yeah, it's we're one spirit. We're on the same frequency. Yeah. We attended your meeting. You just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> they said, no, man. I asked Pastor but can Pastor come and, and supervise? He said, no, no, no. It's hard for ladies. Thank God for technology. 
If not, we'll be cut off completely. Anyway, you had a good time. Exodus 20, 19. Then they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will hear you. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Moses was surprised. The, what Moses is looking for, they say they don't want. So look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you so that his, his fear would be among you before you. So that you may not sin. Verse 21. Can we read 21? So the people did what? Stood afar off. But Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God is. So what was scaring them was attracting Moses. And Moses said, that's the glory. Now, this is how you now have a class of people that church people say, we'll give you offering, you go receive the glory and bring to us. You go bring the anointing. God said, I want all of you. God wanted all of them in Mount Sinai to experience the power, the glory, and the fire. They will have got into the promised land fast. They said, we don't want it. So go back to 24. Exodus 24. Verse 17. Why did they run away? Why, why did they say Moses should go? Look at that. Can we read it together everybody? The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children. They were seen with their physical eyes from a distance. So the glory appeared like a consuming so they say, we will be consumed. Read the next verse. Read the next verse. Can we read it? So Moses went into the midst of that cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on top of the mountain for 40 days. What they said, we consumed them. Moses stayed there 40 days, 40 nights. When he came down, his face was shining. The glory appears like consuming fire. That's why you need it. To confront your captivity. Amen. And the oppression. Amen. Tomorrow you're going to see how to be clothed with the glory. Amen. You're going to see the nature of the glory in you. So that it's not just by the spirit of burning and by the power of intelligence. There will be a manifest glory. That everything against you from a distance will be seen consuming fire. But you, you will be experiencing the refining presence. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. We need to pray tonight. We need to pray tonight. We need to pray. Let's rise up. Come on. Come on. Stretch yourself. If you want to stretch yourself. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 This is a second part of the prayer. Somebody pray in tongues. Somebody pray in the spirit. Somebody yield yourself to the spirit of God. Yield yourself to the power of God. Because something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. As a matter of fact, something is already happening. By the power of God, something is already happening. 
Kaboroborobo shekeleba. Lekeleboroborobo shetalaba. Yedelelelebobo shekelebo. Yekeleboroboroborobo. Receive strength. Receive strength to pray. Receive strength to, to speak to the law. Receive strength for the weight of glory. Ah! Hallelujah! In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In this second part of the prayer, you're going to do something. You are going to pluck your roots from the bitterness around you. Pluck your root from the bitterness around you and begin to deepen yourself in the love of God. And begin to receive your nourishment from the word of God. I tell you when the man of God ministered this in Lagos, some ladies came to me, they wanted to come for counseling. And they said, woman of God, 70% of my problem is solved. Because even if you live together as a married person, if you receive nourishment from somewhere else, you will not be emanating bitterness. You're going to say, Lord, I'm removing my root from the bitterness around me, from the discouragement around me. I'm removing my roots. Have you started? Come on now. <laughs> you will never complain again. You will never murmur again. You will never be bitter again. You are bitter because you are drinking from the same water. You are bitter. You are complaining because you are drinking from the same water. Lord, let somebody get this. Lord, let somebody get this. Reke Bobo, I'm no longer drinking from Mara. I'm no longer drinking from Mara. I'm no longer drinking from Mara. I'm no longer drinking. I'm not receiving nourishment from Mara. Every Mara in my life, every Mara around me, every Mara, I command you to dry up. Hey, hey. I'm making a difference. I'm making a difference. When I received that phone call, no more Mara. When I need to talk, no more Mara. Hey! Yekebo Sotobobo. No more complaining. No more murmuring. No more discontentment. <laughs> Yay! Not because of anybody, but I don't want to be Mara. I don't want to operate in bitterness. I'm removing my root. For the Bible says, let not the root of bitterness spring up from anywhere. Let not the root of bitterness spring up from anywhere. Let not the root of bitterness. I'm planting myself in the rivers of God. I'm planting myself in the sweet soil of the goodness of the Lord. I'm planting myself in the sweet manly savor of the incense of my prayer. I stand to be different. 
I stand to be different. I stand to be different. Do you know how many people have complained? And they have gotten to rottenness of bone. Many people have cancer. Because of discontent. Because of discouragement. Because of complaining. Because of sadness. Mara, I command you, get out of me. I'm getting out of Mara. I'm forgiving people that have offended me. I'm forgiving people that have offended me. They don't have to ask for forgiveness. I don't want to die in Mara. My root is being planted beyond Mara. Oh, today, people of God, in this conference, is beyond Mara. It is beyond Mara. It is beyond Mara. It is beyond Mara. My life is beyond Mara. My life is beyond Mara. My family is beyond Mara. Oh, I will not take offense. <laughs> I will not take offense. They say offense will come, but blessed is he that is not offended. I send back offenses, discontent, complaining. No mamara. No mamara. Oh, my root is in God. My root is in the word of God. My root is the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. I celebrate my root. I celebrate my position. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God of glory. Thank you, Lord. Bye-bye tomorrow. Bye-bye tomorrow. Bye-bye tomorrow in my family. Bye-bye tomorrow in my department. Bye-bye tomorrow in the church. Bye-bye tomorrow in the homes. Bye-bye tomorrow at work. I put on the sweetness of the Lord. I put on the sweetness of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, the people were complaining. But the Bible says Moses cried unto God. I don't know the situation you find yourself in. He cried to God, and God saw him. A tree that had been there. I know and I'm convinced that the solution to your problem is here. The solution to your problem is near you. You are going to pray, oh Lord, open my eyes. Because now, no more Mara. Open my eyes to see Reveal your glory to me. Reveal the solution to my problem to me. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Revelation. The revelation. The solution. The next step you want me to take. The next step you want me to take. The position you want me to take. Open my eyes. These things happen here on earth. It didn't happen in heaven. Close to Egypt. This is a historical fact. 
is a historical fact. The word of God is true. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes to the tree. In Jesus' name. Now, as you are praying, you have to know, because many times, when the Bible says, I mean, human beings are trees. Human beings are trees. Trees of righteousness. God uses men also. And the man of God said, maybe that rock, you think there's nothing in it. That hard person. That person you think God cannot use their eyes. For me, I know, not this person. Tell God to open your eyes to the tree he has planted for your solution. And the rock where your water is hidden. I need you to pray mature prayer tonight. Close your eyes and pray. He cried to the Lord. He cried to the Lord. And the Lord saw him a tree. Cry to the Lord tonight. Let the Lord show you a tree. Let the Lord show you a person. Let the Lord show you a place. Let the Lord show you a thing. Let him show you a thing. The Lord can show you a thing. The Lord saw Daniel a thing. Daniel understood the thing. Oh God, we need your revelation. Revelation for your life. Revelation for your ministry. Revelation for your children. Revelation about your relationships. Show me, Lord. Show me a tree, Lord. Show me a tree, Lord. Oh, God. I need your revelation. Whatever affliction I'm going through is nothing compared to what you are going to reveal. I need this revelation. I need this revelation. I need this revelation. My life depends on your revelation. My survival depends on your revelation. My prosperity depends on your revelation. My solution is in the revelation. Oh! The Holy One of Israel. We don't want to limit you tonight. According to your world. Now begin to look into the nations. Begin to look into the nations. Ah, you shall call one nation. And seven nations shall be open to you. Begin to look into the nation. Remember the burden of Habakkuk. He may complain in four verses. The Lord just answered him, look into the nation. Show me what you have for me in the nations. Show me what you have for me among other tribes. Show me the way you have provided. You the way maker. Show me. Show me. Kaba Shodaraba. In Jesus' name we pray. You know when Moses asked that God should show him the glory and he said, I will show you my backpack. And, and, uh, and 
You know, some of us, we think human. You think it's just the way you will show. He just used his hand. No. The hand, just imagine how the hand of God is. How long. <laughs> how large. He said he will cover his face. And he will see the backpack. And the backpack also have been saying the, 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 the past things that I have done. The back part. Have the Lord been good to you? So you are going to say, Lord, show me your glory. How many of you are ready to carry the glory? Show me your glory. Call me into the fire. Call me into the cloud. Call me into the mountain. I'm no longer afraid. Show me your back parts. Remind me of the things you have done before. How far you have helped me. Your life can never remain the same again. Things are changing concerning you. The glory of the Lord is being revealed. As you are rising up, you are shining. The power of God has come upon you. I embrace your fire. I embrace your glory. I embrace your knowledge. I embrace your wisdom. I embrace what you have for me. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.